Hello and welcome to StarkCast. I'm Joe Stark. Today I'm talking with my friend Simeon Heimwitz. Simeon is a rock climbing guide. He owns and operates Southern Exposure, a guiding company down in Mexico. Um, <laughs> Simeon and I uh, connected for this episode and were plagued with some audio issues through Skype at the beginning. Uh, did, did a little bit of messing around, switched to WhatsApp instead, and and got a little bit better audio. Um, <laughs> so some of the audio on Simeon's end sounds uh, a little whack at times, and uh, <laughs> he tells me it's due to the Mexican internet. <laughs> So anyway, bear with me on some of the audio on this one. Uh, Simeon's so much fun to talk to. Um, I I had an absolute blast talking with him. Uh, So yeah, let's get right to it. All righty. How's that? (laughs) It was like ringing in my headphones, ringing on my phone, but I couldn't see anything on the screen on where to like actually click to answer it. And so I'm like, well, that's fucking weird. And then it said I missed a call and I clicked on that and it started ringing. I'm like, hey, we backdoored it. (laughs) Exactly. Okay. That's pretty much it. Exactly. Yeah. This does mm-hmm. sound markedly better. All right. Cool. Yeah. That's because Skype. Skype is beat. I don't know what the hell's wrong with those people. They had it all in the bag and now they're losing it. You know, everybody else has got sort of the same technology now, but it's better. So, yeah, they're going to have to up their game or they're going to go the way of Kodak, you know, one or the other. Well, especially with figure, the pandemic you know, pushing so many people to, you know, really need to yeah. lean on on applications and services like this. Um, yeah, I mean, how the hell did Zoom overtake them? You know, they had so much money. They've been around, but everybody uses Zoom. I mean, that's crazy. Man. Yeah, I wanted Zoom for a little bit just because I like that you can, like, share your desktop and then you could actually share, you know, like, if I were to, like, play, like, a video or something like that, the person I have on the show would actually be able to see it. But, like, Zoom is exactly. shockingly expensive per month. And I was like, fuck that. Exactly. <laughs> just because they know they got everybody, man. Once they put it all together and everybody joined up, just like anything else, they're going to start knocking you, you know? Yeah. Yeah, man. Over the mm-hmm. years, because this is going to be, this will be episode 99, the start cast. Awesome. That's fantastic. <laughs> and um, oh my God. it's been too long since I had you on, too. I've, I've always had you in the back of my mind, like, I can't get Simi on again because you're such a great oh guest. Oh, my God. And um, I, got, oh I had lots of God. people, like, especially, like, even people that were, like, non-climbers. Just reaching out and be like, that guy's a fucking riot. You need to have him on again. And I'm like, I will for sure. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, my God. We could talk about all sorts of stuff tonight that's going on here in Mexico, man. Some crazy shit. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be, you know, all the foul language, nudity, and drugs and violence. But I mean, I mean, that's the best movies you get, right? I mean, what else are you going to watch on Netflix? <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not going to the cartoon channel here. I'm a little, it's a little late in the game for that. Oh, yeah, we can talk about that later. Might as well not start off with that. Oh, my God. <laughs> Climax right off the bat, you know, and then everything goes downhill from there. But, yeah. But, yeah. You can definitely <laughs> feel the influence of the Mexican internet because it is kind of in and out a little bit. I'm like, oh, like, I, like, I didn't totally lose you at all through any of it, but it's just like at times it's like, at times it's kind of muffled, at other times it's kind of loud. And I'm like, I wonder if this is just fucking internet shit. But totally, man. But I got fiber optic cable here, man. I got the most uh, modern internet here. I had <clears throat> I had a dial-up modem sort of thing. Like they bring it in your house, they plug it in, and it goes to a cell tower. And that was pretty good internet until everybody in town got it. Then it started to suck. And then I got HughesNet. And those bitches, 
they couldn't process my payment. So when I'm in Mexico trying to process a U.S. credit card and, you know, call them seven times, 45 minutes per time. Finally, I was like, you know what? I got to pull the plug on this crap. <laughs> oh, shit. I mean, every time I talk to you guys, all I want to do is pay you. So finally, I got them to come pick up their stuff. I still haven't paid them yet. Now I'm starting to think, am I going to pay these guys? And I paid every bill I've ever had in my life. But I'm like, man, how much time did I spend on the phone with these jerkweeds just trying to pay my bill? I mean, that's just absurd. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, how how much is your time guys. worth, right? <laughs> that's what I told them. I said, I'm not working. And then I, said, I told the one guy, I said, listen, man, not for nothing. But I said, all I'm trying to do is pay my bill. How often do you hear that? <laughs> you know, I'm just trying to give you guys money. That's what I'm trying to do here. <laughs> Sweet irony. <laughs> I know. So now I'm all of a sudden like, you know, all these times I try to call them just to hand them money. Now I'm thinking I'm just not even going to pay them because I'm not. I'm, you know, it's in Mexico. It's not in the U.S. I'm not a Mexican citizen. So what are they going to do? Come here and freaking foreclose on my house over like 200 bucks? I doubt it. So maybe I'll just make a wait on it. Sooner or later, I'll pay them. But they got to figure their stuff out first. And now I got fiber optics in here, man. And my, my neighbor, my neighbor, I got to love Mexico, man. He calls me up when I'm up in the U.S. And he's like, hey, the guys are hooking up my house right now. If you don't hook up your house right now, they probably won't be back for a year or two. And I'm like, say no more, man. You got the keys. <laughs> say no more. I'm like, when you have to make decisions like this, just do it. I'm like, you don't have to worry about calling me. Make it so. <laughs> exactly, you know? I mean, this is the Star Trek Enterprise, man. I mean, if this got to happen, this got to happen, man. I don't need to be, you know, don't bring me in on it. I definitely wanted it. So, yeah, it's, it's good, though. Yeah. And then, you know, when I talked to you last time, I was in this exact house, but I was just renting it for the winter because I wanted to uh, look and buy a house in this town. And I was looking at houses, looking at houses, and I just happened to meet the people who owned it. And I told them, you know, I was here looking at houses. And then all of a sudden they're like, hey, you want to buy that house that you're in? And I'm like, maybe. <laughs> like, throw me a number. You know, throw me a number, we'll discuss it. So, yeah, now I own this place. It's a beautiful house. Nice. Beautiful house in a beautiful town. Yeah, it's a great house in a great town. And uh, I, uh, you know, I just had a, I just did a women's clinic down here. And I had 10 women involved. They all came down. I had more, but some canceled for COVID and some canceled because uh, they were afraid to fly because of COVID. But 10 made it down. And uh, it was fantastic. Now, it was a ladies' clinic, a women's clinic, and I had women, female guides. And all of a sudden, I don't know how the sausage is involved, but the, the other guides were like, no way, man, you're working too. And I'm like, this is a women's clinic. I'm like, what? I can't be working there. I, you know, I'm, I'm the, I'm, you know, I mean, this is the whole idea of it. But they wouldn't let it happen. So uh, the three, three of us, uh, two female guides and myself, uh, took the women out. And down here, we have three climbing areas with an hour of each other. The... Uh, a 1,700-foot monolith, and then here at my house is prac climbing, and then 50 minutes south of me is overhanging volcanic tuft. It's like cobbles. You know, it's big cobbles hanging out of overhanging rock. Nice. And you all climb the cobbles. It's like, almost like an outdoor gym. You know, it's kind of the same idea, but it's different because you just don't know what to grab because, you know, there's lots of cobbles. So we did that. And it was really, you know, spectacular, man. I got to say, being a dude that kind of, I don't, you know, I mean, who don't hang out with besides my girlfriend, you know, I don't really hang out with a lot of ladies. I mean, I have women friends, but it's not like they're in your house and, you know, you're sitting there listening to them and interacting with them like, you know, lots. So I learned a lot about communication and, you know, what to say and what not to say. So you look like a, you sound like a doofus, you know? So, uh, 
it was really it was a really good experience for me as well. I learned a lot as a guide as well. Because sometimes when you're looking at people and you're teaching them things and you're like, okay, everybody's good, and they tell me, yeah, they're good. But when you get other women together and then you have female guides, they're all like, hell no, we're not good. And I'm like, man, that's communication right there. <laughs> you know, they never do that with me. So I'm really glad, you know, it worked out perfect. Yeah, I really did. And next year, I can only imagine that it's going to be quite a bit bigger because everybody had such a great time. And you know how that works. They go home and tell two people, then those two people tell two people. So, it, like, I'm looking forward to next year. Absolutely. Really Your guide company is called Southern Exposure, right? Yep, Southern Exposure, exactly. And uh, a, uh, down here, if you go Southern Exposure in Mexico, as we spoke before, you'll get my guide service. If you just put Southern Exposure in the United States, you're going to see a lot of nakedness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Southern Exposure, <laughs> Mexico, climbing. <laughs> Exactly. Otherwise, you're going to see, you know, primarily like 90% black chicks with their butts hanging out. So, I mean, it's like they lost their URL and I went to buy it, but they wanted like four grand. And I'm like, pound salt, man. I'm not paying four grand for that. I mean, really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking like 700 bucks, you know, 700 bucks. I can kick down on that. I can muscle that down. You know, it's almost like cough syrup. I'll muscle that crap down. But, you know, a couple grand, I'm like, yeah, no, thanks. (laughs) That's too much. Just for a URL, it's like, yeah, dude, get out of here. I know. They're a bunch of bitches, man. Everybody wants everything from everybody. You know what I mean? It's just let me, let me just, you know, instead of the way it used to be to where you get to make a little bit on each person and then it adds up to a lot now, like you said, all the cell phone companies, everything, everybody wants to jab everybody so hard because, you know, the CEO has got to make, you know, $20 million a year. So that's what it comes down to. That, that it, stuff, it, it really does fuck things up. You know, I mean, the least they could do is if they are going to, you know, kind of price gouge on this stuff, instead of just paying a handful of people like ridiculously large salaries, how about you pay them normal salaries and pay everybody else in the company a little bit more? Because, hey, as as far as I'm concerned, those people at the top, they they are integral for what they do. But all those fucking underpaid people under them, if without them there and their experience and stuff, that company's not there. That that yeah. that that uh, board of shareholders or whatever the fuck it is that just those fat cats yeah. that just sit back, sit back yeah. and just suck up wealth from this company for literally doing nothing except yeah. for having some capital at the start. And it's like, yeah, that's necessary. But for you to just sit and bloat off it like some big fucking tech oh, yeah. for years, yep. it's just yeah. while everybody else around you gets paid, you know, fucking starvation yeah. wages. Shit. It's just bullshit. Yeah. It was like 1996 they started. They change things, right? Because back in the day, the CEOs worked up from like the mail room and they worked there their whole lives. And they worked their way all the way up and then they, then they ran the company. Then by around 1996, they changed things. All of a sudden, they started bringing people in from the outside. And instead of paying them the type of salary that everybody is used to, they started paying people in stock options. So they said, hey, if you turn this company around and we give you this much stock and in five years with these stock options, if you do what you say you're going to do, it's going to pay – 10 times more than what we gave you. And then what ends up happening is that these people come in to run the company and they just slash and burn. They do whatever they have to do to make that company work. And there's no long-term goal. All it is is for that guy to make it go so many years or that one makes so many years and they take all the money and they split. And that's why companies fold. Remember, uh, Eastern Mountain Sports was a big uh, uh, outdoor company for clothes and stuff. And they were pretty good. EMS was good because they made nice stuff and it was fairly priced. And then they got bought out by a mattress company of all things, some mattress giant. And what they ended up doing is they ended up stripping 
of all their money. They, they took all the money out of the company and then uh, they folded. You know, they just couldn't survive. And that's what happens now in the United States. I mean, think about Don the Con, right? Don the Con went down to, uh, down to Atlantic City. He had a casino and then he put the casino into bankruptcy. And I don't know if anybody really understands what casinos are, but they print money. Like, yeah, nobody, I know. That's yeah, the funny thing. Like, how do you a bankrupt casino? a casino in Atlantic City? Yep. <laughs> yep. That's because he took out all the money. He just took out everything and left nothing. And then when you do that, all of a sudden you have problems because you're not paying the people. Your your all your people that you're supposed to be paying aren't getting paid. And then all of a sudden you have monetary problems because the books don't uh, don't don't match. You know the books don't. You can't float the company that way. And then you go into bankruptcy, which is really unfortunate because like Atlantic City. When they agreed to give them the casino license, they said because they were going to make the whole city better. They were going to rejuvenate the city in Atlantic City. And what ended up happening is like nothing for the city. You go two blocks off where the casinos are and you better have a gun or you better at least have a knife. You better have something, a big dog or something, because you're going to get mugged for sure. So it's really tough. And now with the the casinos, there's so many out there. You got the Native American Indians who have casinos. You got Las Vegas, you got, you know, you have them all over the place. And now there's just not enough money to go around. And that's why they're they're having more. Not that they're having big problems, but they're having more problems. Because, you know, how are they going to get the people in? You know, I mean, Las Vegas is just filled up with old folks. Those old farts spending all their social security. Not that they don't <laughs> deserve it, but damn, man. Those people are hurting. They get there, they're all night. I guess when you get older, you don't sleep anyway, right? You know, I don't sleep for shit now. And they say, as you get older, you really need less sleep. So that's why <laughs> those old crotchety it. fucks are in there, you know? They're in there smoking their cigarettes, and now they have a card. There's not even money that's exchanged. You just put, like, this credit card that's, like, cabled to you, you know, with one of those one of those uh, plastic freaking spring things. They cable it to you, and you oh, put yeah. that card in there, and you just start spending. There's a like genius idea so now when yeah because it like disconnects days, you from your money exactly just like credit cards <laughs> or anything else man exactly just like credit cards all of a sudden you're just spending 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 because everybody just takes that card out of your hand and smiles when they give you that shit you really don't need you know mm-hmm. man the last mm-hmm. um we've taken our kids to these um uh, great wolf lodge type hotels a handful of times when we've gone on trips because it's kind of like a like a hotel slash water park resort type thing right and you know it's like the the kids are like because the boys are they dig it yeah i mean they're like like 11 and almost 14 now and oh i know right (laughs) it's unreal (laughs) um so funny but yeah that's uh so I mean they they really they're excited about that. And so like if we're going to go on a vacation somewhere generally Lindsay and I are going to pick some place that like we can go hiking. Like when we went to South Dakota, we stayed at one and it was like, okay, well when we're here at the hotel, we'll go down to the pool a bunch of times and we'll take you to the arcade and all this stuff and we're not going to bitch. And so when we're in the woods tomorrow, we're going to expect you yep. not to bitch. <laughs> exactly. I don't want to hear a word of it. Exactly. Yep. You're just going to have to suck it up. Yeah. Unless you get, you know, unless we're like, like attacked by a pterodactyl or some shit. I don't want to hear nothing. Yeah, exactly. But the arcades cool. do that same shit. It's, they just give you yeah. like a card. And then yeah. every one of these games, instead of having, you know, the quarter slot, like it did when we were kids, yeah. it's got yeah. like a little swipey thing where you swipe your fucking card. Exactly, man. Yeah, it runs it up and 
like you said, you never run out of quarters. Your your pocket's never empty because that that card that you slide through there to get on that game is attached to a card that you slid through to get into that room. You know, yeah, it's genius. Yeah, it's absolutely genius. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, because uh, they can like really kind of keep track of all that shit. <laughs> and now down down here in my town in Mexico and all of Mexico, they're trying to. Uh, move into the whole credit card realm too, which is a little harder because it's a developing country and people don't really have W-2s and all that, but they're getting wise to it, man. They're giving people like Chinese motorcycles, Chinese scooters, all those things. All you got to do is go in and sign your name and they have a, you have this number on your driver's license and that they take down that number and that's pretty much it. So if you default on the loan, they have that number and I guess sooner or later, somehow, they could try to uh, get their money back. How? You can't get blood from a stone. I have no idea. But this going the same way here. And I warn people all the time. I'm like, yeah, you want to be careful with those credit cards, man. Go look at the United States where everybody hates each other because everybody's in debt. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's really the, the moral of the story, right? Why are people so angry? Because they don't make enough to support their li- their lifestyle. So they're living a champagne life on a beer beer budget, you know? Oh, and yeah, dude. Sudden, That'll man, catch that up with you. That doesn't work. Oh yeah, man, it certainly does. Me, I like to live below my means. You know, I don't really, I don't need a whole lot of stuff. That's it. That's the secret in life: is just live below your means and live comfortably, and you'll be okay. Because once you start buying all that stupid shit that you don't need, that's when you have problems. Like if you got so much shit that you can't put anything else in your garage, and then you have to go get a storage unit because you have no more room, there's something wrong. <laughs> you know, that much crap. You know, that's that leading indicator that you got something going on there. Dude, yeah, that's where I was getting crap. That's where I was getting with my garage. Like it was it was ridiculous. I, I could either have, you know, the back half of it be a functional climbing gym and then the front half of it up by the garage door, everything was so stacked up that, you know, if you did want to open the garage door, you could only do it from the outside. And there was yeah, no walking no. in and out through the big overhead door because there was a big yeah. line of shit. And, exactly, and so man. I got a, yep. a 30 Dark yard sale. dumpster. No, I got a 30 yard dumpster and just <laughs> fucking got rid of everything. I filled that yep. fucker oh up too, God. man. And like, yeah, they should, they should ship that shit down here. Oh I mean, God. They should, everybody, like in Mexico, there would never be a dumpster full. That's why there's no dumpster companies because somebody would go in there and they drag it all out because nothing's garbage here. You know what I mean? It's like oh. if, they, if, a Mexican, if the Mexicans went to the United States and they looked in the dumpster to see what people threw out, man, they'd probably have a freaking heart attack. Oh they dropped dead right there. I threw, away so much, six, you know. I threw away six mattresses that had been the crash pads in the gym for like yeah. the better part of a decade. Oh, they smelled yeah. so bad. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure they yep, were just exactly. condominiums for mice as well. Exactly. You know? Yeah, no. no living light, man. You got to get rid of all that crap and then it makes your life easier. You know? I mean, so just it's that crazy. right there took up like a quarter of the dumpster. You know, having, yeah. that, having that many because most of them were like king size i mean they were big fucking mattresses oh my god just dragging those things around man you blow a hernia just moving those damn things <laughs> yeah, they were pretty gnarly <laughs> yeah. but now exactly. i can actually park in my garage which is fantastic and i, I kind of yeah. scaled down the bouldering yeah. wall a little bit i got rid of like yeah. the 55 degree wall and so now right. it's pretty much just right. 30 degree and like a like a kind of like a 15 degree yeah, both, both slightly yeah. overhanging and, and it's perfect. And, and since I don't do anything too crazy anymore, I've just got like smaller padding with just like a, a bouldering pad that I just kind of throw down if there's like a crux spot. And right. and I don't climb near as much as I used to back in the day anymore. I think right, the right. last year yeah. I actually went out and bouldered outside like once. Right. Got to watch that too, man. 
bouldering. The older you get, man, it's a guaranteed groundfall if you don't make it. You know? <laughs> like, I don't do anything crazy. Gotta, I, like yeah, I refuse you know. to, I refuse to top out anymore these days. I just climb up to right. as high as I'm comfortable with yeah. dropping down, and then I drop down. Yeah, yeah, or like, down. Like it's, yeah. it's a made-up game in the woods, and and I'm in my forties. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, yeah, exactly. like, I'm not hurting myself doing this shit. Because I remember, no, dude, I remember back in the day we were developing this one area that was, um, uh, oh, where, what it was. It was probably like a 20 footer or something like that, that it was super easy until you got up to where you had to mantle the thing. And then it's oh all limestone, limestone that's like probably never really been climbed. And so like you're just holding on to these like delicate little fins that feels like a, like a section of like ancient coral or oh, something Lord. like that. And so you're just yeah. like in each fin, like you're pinching it and you can feel it. They're just millimeters thick. And so it's like, OK. Okay. Uh-huh you really just get a balance on these and then just really stay on your toes and almost like a slab climbing technique and just kind of climb straight up. But it was unnerving. And I was up so oh, high man. that my buddy, Alan, who was spotting me on the ground, he's down there with his hands up spotting me. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> like if I fall, I'll kill you, man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, for <laughs> fucking real, you know? Oh man! Uh, no, and so like I, I said, get up on your roof and back up off your roof, <laughs> and then just drop off backwards because that's essentially what you're doing. You know, you go two stories to the ground. It's gonna hurt, man. Oh, it's definitely gonna knock the wind out of you, and then, then that much more. Knocking the wind out of you is the best case scenario. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Worst case scenario, yeah. like breaking something, or like you land and you drive your knee into your own face. <laughs> like I've oh, fucking man. seen that before. Oh, dude, oh, I know people who really mess themselves bad, you know, bouldering. That's why I, I tell people I stay on a rope, you know, I just can't afford to get hurt. Not like that, man. And I wrecked my dirt bike uh, here racing an enduro last year. I was with a bunch of guys in an enduro, and I, uh, you know, gone 40, 40 years without really hurting myself. And I did my ACL and MCL on my right knee. Oh. I flipped the bike over, got my leg caught. And as soon as I did it, I, you know, you could fiz- you hear it, you know, even with the dirt bike running, I knew what I did. And then I uh, turned around and had people coming up this, you know, gnarly ass hill, but I turned around and rode down right past them and left with another guy and uh, rehab my knee. No, no surgery, nothing. You know, oh. talk to my surgeon up in the U.S. Oh, yeah, man. People do their ACL and MCL and they're our age. The best thing they could do is wait because you're not going to injure it any worse and start doing rehab right away. In about two weeks, you start to realize that your leg's getting stronger and your knee's getting better. And, uh, you know, with six weeks, all of a sudden I'm getting better. And then at 10 weeks, I was getting better. And before you knew it, I could actually walk again. Next, for a while there, I was looking mighty grim. And then I think it like, I don't know, the 12 weeks, I think I got on the dirt bike and I took a ride around town and all the people here in town told me I was, I was totally insane. <laughs> like, whatever. <laughs> I'm having goddamn COVID, getting locked up in the house. I got my, my dog got knocked up and had COVID puppies. Then I'm with a bashed up knee taking care of these puppies in the house. Man, oh my God, I was about to go mental. <laughs> I couldn't even outrun the little shits, too, because I was on crutches. <laughs> couldn't get away from them, man. <laughs> so they take me down. It's like something out of a freaking, uh, you know, one of those wildlife movies, man. They all of them jump on me at the same time. They could have eaten me, for Christ's sakes. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I couldn't get away. It was awful. Yeah, pretty crazy. But now, I'm, you know, I'm about 80% on that knee, and I'm probably 80% on the other knee because who the hell's 100%? I'm 52 years old, for Christ's sakes. <laughs> All the beatings I put on my knee, I'm thinking 80% is 100% at this point, you know? 
but I'm, I'm not doing any more crazy shit. Now, if I go racing the Enduros, I got better knee, knee I got better knee braces. <laughs> I never told anybody I wasn't going to do it again. I'm like, I'm just going to go get better knee braces, which I did as soon as, like, as soon as I got back to the US, man. They cost me, but I tell you, dude, douching my knee cost me a lot more. That sucked. Oh, the surgeon man. down here, he, he was ready to put me under the next day, man. The surgeon down here is like, oh, yeah, we'll do it tomorrow morning. Yeah, how about you bite my wee-wee? <laughs> like, let me talk to my surgeon. I'm like, I'm going to go home and talk to my surgeon. You know what he told me? He's like, man, I lived in Colorado right at the bottom of the ski hill. And he's like, I made my millions of dollars. Why I'm, I'm retired is because I made millions with people coming in with the same problem and then being so distraught that they just hand you their credit card or their, their insurance, you know what I mean? And they, and they fix it. And he tells people, he goes, you know, you can wait, and nobody wants to wait. If you have felt what I felt on my right knee, hell no. If I wasn't a dude who had to come back here and regroup, you know, just think about it. If I was in the U.S., I probably would have had the surgery done. But uh, I'm glad I did You know, like, I'm really glad I did It sucked for a while. Actually, it sucked for a pretty good amount of time. Six months. Oh, Six months no. to get back. Oh, man. I went back to New York State because uh, COVID had us pretty quiet down here, which I'm glad this year we picked up way. We, we've done more in the last three weeks than I did all last year. Wow. With, with I was going to ask how, oh, yeah. how, how bad last year impact that. Oh, I mean, oh it had God. to just ground you to a halt, right? Well, I did, and then I changed my whole website. I flipped it over to Espanol, and I started looking more towards Mexico City and Canetero and just doing – ground school, you know, teaching people how to climb and doing stuff like that, wearing a mask. And then I really caught a lot of business out of Mexico City, expats that are working down here or living down here. Fantastic. So I actually, yeah, I did okay. But like I said, I mean, I depend on the gringos coming down, you know, I mean, it's just the way it is. They get on a plane and they, and they fly down to Mexico and, you know, it's just business. So this year, everything's been really great. Like I said, I got people popping out of the woodwork all over the place. So I got three guides. I have my, my main dude, Carlos. I got Arcelia, who uh, she's, I don't know, in her 30s. And she's freaking hot, man. Holy Christ. Everybody just stares at her, but she's a really good climber. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, it's crazy, right? And then uh, because she's out there climbing and she's in really good shape and she's really pretty. And I'm like, man, it's just not fair, man. It's just not fair. You know? <laughs> I smell. I'm like 52 now. I smell. I can eat a haircut. And I'm like, no wonder nobody's staring at me. But, uh, yeah. And then I go, yeah. I got another dude named James and he's a good guy too. So, I mean, everybody, you know, we got everybody going and it's really, you know, I can't, I can't really complain even with COVID because, you know, my bills are so low, even with the house and everything, my bills are so minimal that if I, you know, if I take uh, two people out in a month, I pay my mortgage on the house here because I put 50% down. You know, nice. and I could have bought the whole thing. Yeah, I could have bought the whole thing outright, but I'm like, yeah, I might want that money in case shit hits the skids. You know, <laughs> I want to have some money there. If I put it all in the house, man, that's going to be locked up in the house. So uh, really, like I said, I can't complain. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a good investment because in the town already, I've had, already had two people offer to buy it for substantially more than I bought it for. But then where the hell am I going to go? You know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm not going to go look for another house again. I'm going to go looking for a house. I'm like, I'll oh, forget it. You know, I'll, I'll wait it out here for a little bit. But, yeah, everything's good, man. I really can't complain. I'm hoping that COVID, you know, quiets down even more because last year I started a non-for-profit here uh, for autism, for kids with autism. You know, I mean, I've uh, taken out a few young adults 
that are pretty low on the spectrum, but they have autism, they're autistic. And you realize that autism affects children in certain ways, but when they touch the rock, it's all the same. All kids are the same. They all have the same fears. They all get the same high out of climbing. So I realized that people told me to start in the United States, but I'm like, you know, in the US they have all sorts of money out there for kids with autism. And here in Mexico, they don't really don't have any. So that's, you know, the direction I'm headed for when I can give back to the community is taking kids and their parents out. And it's more than just having the kids climbing and giving them a freedom that they've never had before, just like we have, you know, same freedoms of climbing, of thinking of things differently. But it's about getting parents together, teaching them how to set up anchors, teaching them what we're doing. So that way these families can become, be, become friends and it not be about their autistic kids to be about let's go climbing and get together as friends and go climbing and let's go see what we can do. You know, a little different. That sounds amazing. What's the name of your nonprofit? Uh, you know, it's just the Southern Exposure. I really haven't given it a name or anything like that. I'm just, okay, I'm it's actually just part contacting. Of that. Yeah, I'm actually contacting the autism organizations here in Connecticut. But last year, they were just like they got back to me. They're like, "This sounds fantastic, but not now." <laughs> like, this is not a good timing <laughs> because so much going on. So I'm, I just actually sent out two emails last week, and I'm just waiting for the people to get back to me because things have chilled out pretty good. People have gotten their vaccinations. Everybody's got their vaccinations here. So that's, you know, I want to get back to it. You know, I want to go there and, you know, talk to them first because they have to meet me. And then, you know, take some, you know, two, three families out. And my other main guide, he's more than happy to go out and give up, you know, time himself, donate time of, of his own as well. Because he thinks it's just, you know, it's a great idea. Because kids here in Mexico, they, uh, they need, you know, they, they need this outlet here. They need people. Because it's not, you know, it's a developing country. It's not like the United States, which is a first world country where we have all sorts of, you know, resources for things like this here. Like I said, I can only imagine a family with an autistic child, how difficult it must be for them day in and day out. So this will be kind of a reprieve, right? Because they can go spend the day outside. They can meet other people that are living the same life that they are, that are having the same struggles. And they can take their kids out for a day outdoors. And it's just, you know, it's just climbing. That's all it would be. It's just climbing, you know? So we'll see what goes on. You know, that's will be the next time we talk to each other, right? Because <laughs> last time we talked to each other, we talked about all the different things I wanted to do. And uh, I think I've accomplished all of them. I'm trying to think of what we talked about. I meant to listen to the, the last time we talk to each other but you know life happens and i didn't get a chance to do it you know what i mean no i was kicking myself earlier i was like i was like i wonder how many of the same questions i'm going to ask him because i didn't listen to the other episode as as prep (laughs) oh man like i said i had the house here full because i airbnb the house so when people come down rock climbing i offer you know you want to go stay in a hotel or would you rather stay in a house to where you know we can get somebody to come in and cook for you in the morning and somebody to make lunch for you and this that and the other thing and with the internet and i don't tell them it's my house and then everybody's just like you know they 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 you know they gravitate towards the house because they can just kick around have somewhere to sit at night and uh you know hang out and you know with everybody here 
last week, man, when everybody left, it was like a bomb hit the house. So, I, you know, it took me like a day just to straighten everything out. Get, you know, I had a mountain of uh, sheets and all the other stuff that people were using on the beds, man. Oh, like, oh, towels? Like, this is the between guys and girls. Guys, one guy can use the same towel for a whole month and not really even acknowledge the fact that he's using the same towel. He just throws it over and dries and you just use it again. Like, women? No doesn't work that way and they usually have two towels because they got more hair than i got you know what i mean so now you got two per person so when i put the mountain of laundry that i had to get to how to do i'm like man i didn't even realize i had this many like like you know shower you know you know it's just uh, you know shower uh things you know for you know drying off your hair and stuff oh man i was like this is crazy but yeah i know it's still like i said it's still a good time i gotta say you know this part of mexico is so beautiful that even if people weren't climbing and they were here, they'd enjoy themselves because there's, you know, hot springs and all sorts of cool stuff around here to go check out. But the climbing is really, you know, it's outstanding. I mean, how many, how often can people do three different kinds of rock, uh, in a, you know, in a couple of days that are completely different from each other? No, that's, that's the true. Nice part about it. That's yeah. true. I mean, you get a like, lot of variety down there. It sounds pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I got 13 different kinds of rock within three hours. Holy shit, that is incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where I'm at here in Iowa, it's it's just like if you want to climb, it's going to be limestone. And you can yep, go and exactly. find some yeah. sandstone here, but it's like it's not appropriate for climbing sandstone. You know, it's like the real, yeah. real soft variety that's, yep, you know, exactly. you, can, you can carve it's your initials into it with your fingertip and a little bit of time. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just really soft. God, exactly, in most yeah. of those places, yeah. that's exactly what people have been doing for the last 150 years. And so it's yeah, like, exactly. God, yeah. I remember the first time I went to Wildcat Den State Park, which is kind of down in south, south uh, east Iowa. And I was excited to go see sandstone in Iowa. And the, I remember just walking up to the walls and just being absolutely disappointed because it's just yeah. like carved graffiti fucking everywhere. Yeah, so unfortunately. It is. And it's just like, yeah. God, what, Pete, why do people find this acceptable? Yeah, I don't understand it either, man. Like I said, I just, you know, we were at the crag. Uh, we did three days, four days of guiding, and then I gave a fifth day away free because I knew that the people who are here with all the learning we were doing, they can't get as much climbing in because this, the, the clinic is so intense that there's so much learning for what they want to do to keep themselves safe. So I added another day on the end. And I said, let's all climb for free and I'll bring you all out the next day. And then uh, a woman who I've taken out their family probably five, six times, man, they're in Cadet he's an expat or he's working down here for Honda. And uh, she said, can my husband and the kids come for the last day? And I'm like, sure. You know, because all the other days I had been asked that in the U.S. if the husbands could come along and I put the key bosh on that crap. And uh, I uh, said, sure. So the husband and the kids came down and we were all climbing here. And it's just, you know, it's really outstanding uh, climbing. And one of the kids was taking a rock and he was kind of scratching one of the stones nearby, you know, it's kind of chipping on it. And I brought him over and I just said to him, Hey, you know, and I explained to him about graffiti, you know, I explained to him about leaving no trace. I explained to him about how when we leave here today, nobody would even know that we were even here. In fact, we're going to leave it better than we came because if there's any garbage, we're going to pick it all up and take it on out of here. And he got it. 
You know, he's a bright young guy, bright young, young, you know, young gentleman boy, you know, he's bright. And I explained to him, I said, there's not really much difference between spray paint or taking it the other direction and carving your name in something. I mean, you know, first of all, if you're going to put a heart up there with your initials and some other girls and a girl's initials and your initials are a guy and a guy, I don't care what it is. But, uh, you know. I mean, what's the chance that 65% of people in the United States get divorced? So don't be carving that crap on the wall because like a week later, you guys might not even be together. Don't be professing your love, dude. I don't know about down here, but I know in the U.S. it's 65%, you know, of people just don't cut it, you know? So, yeah, I just like, you know, but he got it. You know, he understood and I'm glad, you know, I'm glad that we got a chance to discuss it. And I was real chill with him and I was just like, you know, this is the deal because we wouldn't want to leave this place worse than we got here. And that's unfortunate for Iowa because that's what people have been doing for years. You oh know? yeah. I remember so, one of the, one of the places that, that we were developing on private property back in the day, um, there was like a, a campground, like a private campground also attached to it. And so these people that own the campground and then also on this cliff band were, were pretty excited about this trail that we built that, you know, went to all the routes. And so they're kind of advertising as, Hey, go check out our, our trail here also. And so somebody walked this trail all the way to the freaking end where they had to do some really fucking sketchy shit to get there. Like actually yeah. like skirting along, uh, like, a um, uh, this edge that was probably only like, it was kind of like a ledge that was only like about six inches wide or so. And there was a part where there was no ledge and you had to step across like a two foot gap. Yeah, and so it's like these yeah. fucking people did that. Like we called that section of the trail, the Ho Chi Minh trail. <laughs> right. Exactly. Let's but, go hit the Ho Chi. Yeah. Exactly. And, and uh, they went through that and went all the way to the fucking end and found where, where we had left sp uh, spray paint, you know, a like gray spray paint for just uh, uh, knocking the shine off the hangers. Yeah. And then, yeah, spray painted a giant fucking dick on the wall and like, fuck you, uh, stuff like that. And it's like, yeah. why? Like, yep, he's just exactly. spray paint rock. The first thing that comes to mind for like so many people is almost spray paint yeah, a dick. Put a penis on there. <laughs> exactly. It's what the fuck, exactly. man. I know. And you never walk out onto those people when they're doing it. You know what I mean? It's like keying a car. When somebody keys a car, like, where the hell am I when they're doing that? Because I'd punk slap them so hard their eyeballs would pop out of their head. You know? <laughs> it's like, you know, what are you thinking? But again, we started defunding education a long time ago. So when you ask people what they're thinking, they really aren't. Yeah, because we defunded education. They're not thinking. They have no idea what the long-term cost of such things are, you know? But yeah, no, it's crazy. Down here... Uh, the beauty of being in Mexico is that people aren't going to go buy a can of spray paint to go put graffiti on something when they can't eat that night. You know what I mean? Let's see here. Go graffiti something or go buy, you know, a kilo of tortillas. <laughs> you know, it doesn't, you know, things don't add up the same way. So it's a little bit easier around here. This is the sad sure. truth of poverty. Though, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know, the crazy thing about here is it's all farming. So it's not really poverty, poverty, the way you would think, because uh, people all ha have corn and they all have wheat and they go and they, they have sheep, you know, eating sheep and milk cows because it's a dairy that's a, you know, a cheese town. So people are all happy and they're content, but they're still not going to go spend money on stupid shit. You know, they're not that content. <laughs> Only in the U.S. Does, does somebody take a perfectly good exhaust off their motorcycle to put one on that's 10 times louder and makes that piece of shit boat anchor run worse. <laughs> <laughs> 
You know, only United States. Who would take a perfectly good exhaust off something and put something else on that's just a piece of shit? I always yeah, think it's hilarious no when sense. people do that with a four-cylinder car. And it's like, do you think no, that sounds God. good with that loud exactly. muffler? There? That's not a V8, my friend. That, exactly. that does not sound like awesome. Exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Exactly. You know, and that's it. And, and, and you know what? I hate to say it, but it all, it comes down to China as well, because when my first road bike, uh, the exhaust that I had on it, I kind of tossed the bike on the road and I kind of douched the exhaust. So I went and I said, well, why would I go stock? I'm just going to go aftermarket. And I think I paid for a four into one uh, exhaust system. I think I paid almost 1300 bucks. I mean, it was a lot of money at the time for me to buy this exhaust. And it wasn't really, really loud, but it wasn't quiet. And when I bought it, put it on there, I'm like, that was an investment. Now for that same exhaust coming out of China, it's like 300 bucks, you know? Yeah, that's exactly it. $300, man. That's why people, you have all these assholes out there developing routes for rock climbing that have no idea what they're doing because you can get a rotary hammer drill now for 300 bucks where when I bought mine, it was 750. So the only people that were developing were people that, you know, if you spend that kind of money, you're going to do a better job. You know, because that's, that's a pretty big investment to go out there and screw something up. Yeah. No, that is it's true. Crazy. That is true, man. One yeah. of the, one of the, oh, geez, there, there's a bunch of new routes that went in at uh, one of the, well, pretty much like the public place for here in Iowa. And it was all, you know, newbies with drills. And and yeah. I, I went out there on the first day and, and helped him and was watching him. And I was like, well, you, you know what you're doing. Like you're, you're putting these in correctly. And that's really all I wanted to see here. I wanted to make sure that, that you're... Nobody's going to kill themselves. Yeah, the, the, at least if you're putting these anchors in, that you're installing them correctly. And and I, from what I saw, yeah. he did a good job. And I was like, basically, I was just right next to him the whole time going down the thing. And he'd be like, oh, yeah. what about here? You know, for, for an anchor placement. And I'm like, mm, it looks pretty good to me. Like, I, you know, I don't yeah. see how, you know, be sure and look yeah. under you before you put that bolt in and imagine that you're blowing a clip. Is there anything yeah. you're going to hit? on the way down or what if you blow the clip on the one above this is there anything you're going to hit those are the things you want to think about because you're hanging on on rappel putting this in there's no reason it shouldn't be in a really perfect spot yeah and uh, exactly you're not bolting on lead homes yeah dude one of the routes they put in (laughs) one of the routes they put in down the road though i think it's like a 40 45 foot route and i think they put eight or nine fucking bolts in that thing yeah i was just like what the fuck (laughs) yeah man but what kills me is like, I mean, people can, they have all this different learning curve and such. What kills me is when a developer comes in and we put routes up and somebody comes in and slams the route in between ours. So that way, when they're going up their quote unquote route, they can touch the bolt that they're clipping in, the bolt to the right and the bolt to the left. Yeah. And that's and unacceptable. Like, unacceptable. Yep, yeah, exactly. No, squeeze jobs and, like that. Yeah. It, it's Get the fuck out of here with that, dude. Yeah. And because yeah, then you're going to fill it. up a whole cliff band full of fucking squeeze jobs like that. And then you get other people that are come in and like, oh, I'm going to do a link up that starts over here and finishes over <laughs> exactly. there. And then you got one exactly. asshole tying up yep. an entire fucking wall full of routes. Or <laughs> yep. you get people who come yep. in and it's like they've never climbed there before. And they're staring at yeah, a wall no that's idea. just a sea of bolts. And it's exactly. Like, that's it's what like, happens. Where are the lines? Yeah. Yep, yeah. That's what happened in the boat trail. So I disappeared the one route. And then... uh this girl who's a quote unquote guide came in and put it back up. And I'm like, so I put it in a guidebook and I said, when you go to this wall and you can't figure out what bolt you should clip and where you're going because of the way that it was set up, I said, that's 
your quote unquote professional guide who did that. I said, that's the girl who lives here in this town. And oh man, that burned her biscuits, man. As soon as she saw her name in a book, in a guidebook, calling her out on it, because as I called it, I renamed it to Carla's route. I renamed it for the girl. I took out the original name and I put Carla's route because I mean, it's just, if you fell off, you would definitely hit one person or the other on either side of you there underneath uh, you, you know? Oh yeah. Like I said, but you know, you know, that's I just, saw that in the chocolate factory know. at the red, like, I, yeah. like there's those two routes, yeah. Oompa and Loompa. And it's and, like, they're yeah, both really exactly. cool, but they're too fucking yeah. close to each other. Exactly. Yeah. You'll fall right on the other person. Yeah. <laughs> the one on the left, for sure. If you're going up the one on the left and you pitch it, it's going to pitch you right on top of the one on the right. Exactly. Yeah, I said the same thing when I was there. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, definitely cool enough routes, but that's it. You know, I mean, it's unfortunate. Like, uh, for like Troy and the boys down there for the forest service. I mean, I just don't understand why they don't let bolting happen, you know, bolting, uh, to be legalized They charge everybody. So you have to be, you have to take a test, you know, so they charge you for that. And then you need to have a permit and they charge you for that. And before you bolt anything, you have to make an appointment with them, bring them out to the crag where you already made a trail out to your crag. You just can't bolt the crag and not have a trail. And then they okay it or what for one reason or another. And then the forest service could have more people in there and uh, climbers. I mean, the trail going out there is only eight inches wide. You know what I mean? It's not like there's a whole lot of disruption in a lot of the places that already have crags. They already have a trail to them and there's more developing to be done. So why not monetize it? And if somebody goes out there and they, develop something uh without having the permit system in place then have your developers who did pay they just go out there and clean it and they get to keep the the hangers i mean it just it makes perfect sense to me no that's a great idea um the the isla climbers coalition was like doing something like that where there was only X amount of routes that could go in a year at Pictured Rocks and you'd have to fill out an application and then it yeah. was supposed to go through like a like a climber uh, like management committee yeah. that was made up of yeah. some people in the ICC and some people that were just in the climbers community. And yeah. if, if they voted yes on it, then it would go yeah. on to the park ranger and he would walk out and take a look at it and give his two cents. Yeah. And if he yeah. okayed it, then you had a year to get your yeah. route bolted. And if you're out there working that's on right. it, you had to have that signed application with you. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's completely reasonable because if the climbers say, yeah, that rock is choss and what they're going out there for, by the time they clean it all, the feature that they were looking at is now going to be laying on the ground and in, in kibble, you know, on the ground, <laughs> then yeah, let's wait on that one. You know what I mean? Because you end up destroying what you went there for. But other people, if they have a vision and they want to clean something and it's, it seems to be a good route and they do a good job, well, you're only adding to the climbing community because it spreads out the traffic. You know, there's one there's one more climb that somebody else can do and, you know, it just spreads people out. Yeah, in Kentucky, they're so freaking piss poor. I just don't get it, man. I just don't get it. Like the Forest Service, if they could take that money and hire more rangers, then they could go in there and make sure that nobody's stealing the Indian artifacts. I mean, what the hell is wrong with them? I mean, I just don't get it. You know, I mean, the, the pressure has got to come from the top. It can't come from them from down below because they're just going to say no, because no is so easy. You know, but if somebody above those people pushed pressure from the top down to change things, then it would happen. But you have to know those people. You have to find out who they are and get in there. It's almost like a lobbyist. You have to go to the high guy and convince him somehow. You know, otherwise, 
they just have no impetus because in Kentucky, does that mean they're going to have to work harder? Because I can tell you how that's going to go. You know, being there, I've been, you know, spending so much time there. I love it, but they just can't see the forest for the trees, man. There's so much money to be had in that area, like mountain biking in the Red River Gorge would be fantastic because all the skitter roads, when they went and put all the oil derricks in, oh, yeah, all yeah. those old skitter roads, they're all still there. You know, the skitter roads are there. All you'd have to do is bring mountain bikers in. They could clean trails and they could have excellent, excellent mountain biking. But like I said, I just, I, I mean, it's a, it's a tourism grant. You know, they need the tourism. They need the grant because tourists bring money. You don't want the side-by-sides, you know, those razors. You don't want those douchebags in there because they just make a lot of noise. They throw garbage all over them. They leave. They really don't spend money. But mountain bikers, hikers, horseback riders, rock climbers, those are the people that hang around for multiple days, and they got to eat. They got to sleep somewhere, you know, and they don't make any noise. Yeah. So that would be the direction that I would go. You well, know, what less the Forest noise, Service ought to money. do is they ought to just come up with, like, a permit system where it's like if you yeah. want to rock climb – on Forest Service yeah. land, you have to buy an annual permit. You have That's to have right. it a on year. you. And if we yeah. get, catch you climbing and you don't have a permit on you, we're going to take your gear and you're also going to get a yeah. fine. Yeah, and exactly. so, and now yeah. every year, because think about how many people from around the fucking world come to yeah. Kentucky every year to climb in the Red River Gorge. It's like, yeah. do some sort of permit system and then earmark exactly. that money to pay for yeah. extra rangers to police this shit. Exactly. It's, like, it, it's mean, right there. Yeah. You just have to institute it. But then again, also, I don't, yeah. I don't know if I have a lot of trust in Kentucky's government to do the right thing with money. Yeah, I don't know. Exactly. You know what's interesting is going out with Troy, who's a complete animal, man. I don't know where, what the fuck, where the hell he was, <laughs> where the hell he was made. But that dude's a beast, right? But we would go out to his secret crags and where people were. At the moment we got there, they were digging, looking for Indian artifacts. As soon as he shows up. They stop going to those crags because now there's a chance they're going to get caught. Yeah. So why the hell wouldn't you let rock climbing in there? Because then even if you had wall here and a wall there and you know there's Indian artifacts in the area, if you put trails to those walls and you got people in there, nobody's going to go in there and dig. Nobody's going to be sifting the ground. And they sure as shit ain't going in there at night. They're too goddamn lazy. You know, they're not going to go do it in the middle of the night. They're sleeping. <laughs> you know? That is true. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, I just don't get it. I wish I, I love that state and I love the people there in Beattyville. I had a lot of friends there up until Donnie got elected and then they all freaking cast me off. But whatever. And, uh, you know, it's just interesting. Yeah, it's just they, they need anything they can get because when they took away the subsidy for tobacco, that's when they killed Kentucky. Because when those people were all tobacco farmers, they all made a living. Even though there was a subsidy on it, and the government was putting money on to their, uh, what they were making so that it would go to market. You know, so that's socialism. Well, guess what? Now all those people, 82% of people in Kentucky are on some sort of social welfare. So what the hell is that? Well, at least before they were working. Yeah. Now they're not working. You know what I mean? Before you're giving them money and at least they're out there farming. You can't. It's just like the American Native American Indian. You just can't all of a sudden give them a goddamn teepee and an arrow and say, go back out there on the land. That's done. You know, people can't go back to tobacco farming. They should let them grow hemp. Let them grow weed, man. And oh, I said, with totally. the tobacco. Yeah. Like with tobacco. Fuck it. Who gives a shit? 
let them grow tobacco, send it over to Korea. If a nine-year-old kid in Korea wants to smoke cigarettes, that dude, where are his parents? That's not my problem. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Put in big bold letters on the back that you're not going to grow another inch if you're going to start smoking at nine years old. You like being a dwarf? You know, think about this, you know, it's going to stunt your growth. You know, does being a dwarf really, you know, does that really appeal to you? Because if you start smoking at eight years old, but whatever, let them deal with that crap. At least people in Kentucky were making money, you know, at least at that point, everybody was working because it really is a perfect place for farming. I mean, they should, they should be growing weed there. They should. I mean, what the hell? Send it to California, man. Everybody in California smokes weed, like whatever. <laughs> yeah, farm subsidies is always one of those things that's cracked me up because so many of like the Iowa farmers that I know are conservatives and it's yeah. like they got their hand out and it's it's wild it's like no it's like okay exactly. you're absolutely against welfare and and you're so quick to point things out as socialism but but you're okay with yep. these millions and billions of dollars every year in farm sub yep. subsidies which pork is pal, that's, pork that's what that is exactly well talk to any old fuck who gets who gets uh, medicare any old fuck that gets Medicare and they say they don't like socialism, listen, douchebag. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, know? well, that's a huge you got nationalized health care. You got nationalized health care, but we don't. So you get it because you're over 65, but we don't get it. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Well, that makes a whole lot of sense now, doesn't it? So, yeah, like I said, the hypocrisy kills me because if you have a healthy population where people are actually not sick, people are more apt to work. If people had nationalized health insurance, then people would go get a job that they want and not a job that they have to take because they need insurance for their family. Think oh, about yeah. how non-productive people are because they take a job they hate. You know, if they could go get a job they really love and they don't have to worry about health insurance, shit. People would be getting all sorts of cool jobs and loving what they do and they'd be a lot more productive. I mean, it just makes sense. But yeah, like I said, we got growing pains. If we don't clean our shit up, man, China's going to be the number one economy here pretty quick and then we're going to fall off that pedestal. And things, you know, things ain't going to be looking too good in the U.S. after that because there's no catching up. Yeah, we got a lot of serious thinking to do in the U.S. They got a lot, of, you know, if they don't straighten it out, get people for a living wage. Like here in Mexico, one of the reasons I uh, have the guide service here is because the middle class is burgeoning. The middle class is growing every year by so much percent. I forget what it was. I read it in a newspaper here. But the middle class is doing really well. More and more people like NAFTA came here. The parents of these kids uh, worked really hard because all of a sudden all this industrial work came here and then the factory work and then they had kids. Now their kids have grown up and now their kids, uh, the kids, kids, uh, they have kids. You know what I mean? So now all of a sudden grandpa who got the NAFTA job is now looking at his grandson who's going to university and those people have money. You know, they all have disposable income. They all have Saturday and Sunday off now. So if you go to university here, you actually go and look for the gringo guide, which is me. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, the that's, that's the guide. bottom one. <laughs> exactly. I call myself, when everybody asks me my name in this town, I just tell them I'm a gringo. You know what I mean? Because it's only me. There's no other gringos in this town. So when people come <laughs> to visit, uh, they just point. When people get off 
you know, coming to town. They either get out of a out of a uh, uh, taxi or whatever, however the hell they got here, get off the bus because the bus comes from the airport. They get off and they're all like wide eyed and they're all staring around like, where the hell are we? And then people just look at them and they point down my road. They're like, he lives down there. And they don't, they don't, that's it. They just keep walking. They're just like, he lives down there. And they just point down this road and then people come down here and wander down here and find me. They're like, they didn't even talk to us. They just pointed their fingers. They don't people, think that's it, man. These people yeah. get off the bus with their big packs. Exactly. <laughs> They know what they're doing. And they're like, oh, these people are here for the gringo. (laughs) Exactly. They're here to go climb. And yeah, people don't even get it. Yeah. They're like, how the hell do they, how do they know? And I'm like, well, A, you're white. B, you're carrying a backpack. Three, you're all wide-eyed. You don't know where the hell you are or what's happening. So they just point you at my house. I mean, it's pretty obvious where you're going. Yeah. (laughs) What do the locals around there think about the climbing? You know, they they actually don't get it. They always say repel. You know, they're always talking about repelling. Uh And, uh, I wanted to take the police out last year to go rappel. I was going to take them rock climbing, but I'm like, man, we're going to be out of there before 11 o'clock. But if I take them rappelling, we could do that all day, mm-hmm. you know? So I'll take them rappelling this year. I'm going to have to go over there and talk to my one friend. I'm, I'm friends with all the police here. And for me to say that means a lot because where I come from, I'm not friends with any of the police. In <laughs> fact, they hate me. You know, where I grew up, they were—they don't remember me anymore. But when I grew up, that police hated me in that town because I freaking run from them on the road bikes and such. I'm not hanging around. What, what's going to happen if I hang around? They're going to write me a big fat ticket and maybe beat me up. If I leave, then nothing happens. <laughs> you know, So it was a no-brainer for me growing up. But, uh, yeah, down here, I mean, all the police are really cool because, you know, they just – you're friends with them. They're just nice. I really – you know, I got a story about that, too, with two female police. But, uh, yeah, everybody's really nice down here. Like I said, I'll take them out repelling, and uh, then we could talk about the uh, extraction of climbers when they get hurt because the rescue squad and the police, they – a girl fell off a climb, a Mexican girl. She's really strong. Fell off a climb last year busted herself up pretty good mm. and uh it took them forever to get her out of there because they had no real uh high angle rescue they don't know anything about it so we'll do a little bit of my buddy another guy's coming down here in uh, i think march uh early march i think he's coming and he's got a lot of self-rescue you know i mean a lot of uh, high angle rescue stuff he, he was a ranger in New York for years, and he's picked enough broken bodies off the ground where he's got it. So where I fall short, he and I can go and teach the police here, hey, the fastest way to make this happen is this. And you don't need any more equipment. You don't need any fancy stuff. You just need to know how it happens, you know, which is more the centipede, you know. When you pick somebody up in a bodyboard, everybody doesn't walk at the same time. If you're going down a hill, you pick them up in the air. And the people who are at the high end, you know, on the high side, as soon as you get them moving down the hill, the people all the way uphill, they let go of the backboard, run down to the bottom, uh, to the first person, grab a hold of that backboard, and then the person all the way on the high side lets go of it, and they run down the hill, and it's like a centipede. So everybody's standing still, but the backboard moves down the hill. And that's like integral. You know, that's like the first piece of getting people out of somewhere really fast. So that way, because if you start carrying a backboard down and you drop it, you could hurt the people worse. Oh, for sure. You know, right? they could, yeah, neck injury, back injury and such like that. So, you know, we'll do that this year. But first, I'll get them repelling and get them to understand the area, uh, the fastest ways to get out of there. Right. So where are the chores the two, three main exits to get out of there. And if we're repelling or anywhere in these areas, what's the fastest way out? Because that's the first piece, right? Because the police, when they go there, they don't even know the best way to get somebody out of there because they don't spend any time down there, Mm -hmm. you know? 
So it'll all work out. I'll wait for my buddy Smiling Dave to get here, though. I'll set it all up, and then Smiling Dave will come into town, and then he and I, you know, and we call him that because he's got beautiful teeth, man. When he smiles, <laughs> that's a like, great damn name. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know how much he paid for those teeth, you know, how much those those braces cost, but it was well worth it. Yeah, he's got some, <laughs> he's got some nice choppers. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, man, everything like I said, I can't complain. You know, I really, there's no reason to complain, and it's not going to get me anywhere anyway. If I want to start bitching, who's going to listen? So I'm not complaining at all. You know, nobody gives a shit. But yeah, down here, I really can't complain. You know, life is really, it's like. 1950 in the United States. That's the way I would say, because people ride around the back to pick up trucks for their kids. Uh, you really can't get into trouble in this town unless you're drunk driving. Like, that's the only thing the police really give people crap about. They'll yank you out and actually arrest you if you're drunk driving, which is like, you know, to ride in the back of a police car here, I can imagine those, those seats in the back of the police car are shiny because not really anybody ever gets into that kind of trouble. <laughs> you know, they're all farmers. But yeah, I mean, like I said, it's pretty chill here, man. And I can, I, I, oh, another piece of the business is not only rock climbing, but now I have nine KTM dirt bikes down here. I've been bringing them down for the last couple of years. And now I have people, yeah, I have people coming down. They bring their gear, like you're going skiing, except you're riding dirt bikes. They pay me and we go out riding because I can leave my driveway. I can make a left-hand turn, right-hand turn, and I can go any direction for five or six or seven hours and never touch the same trail twice. Damn. Yeah, I've seen some of the map shots you've put up for some of your rides. They always look pretty up. Oh, my God. That's crazy, man. I go out there by myself and ride all over, and then I drop pins to where I get somewhere, and it's so gnarly that I'm like, I'm not going in there by myself. If something bad happens in there to me, man, who's going to come rescue my ass? So I have all (laughs) these pins, you know? Nobody's going to come in there and find me. What am I supposed to do? Even if I had cell reception, A, my Espanol is shit. B, I'd be in pain, so it's going to be worse than shit. And then C, even if I did, like, drop a pin, they're going to be like, we're not going up there. You know, <laughs> hell no. Figure it out, gringo. You know? So now uh, when people come into town, I have all these rides mapped. And, uh, you know, we go on five-hour five, five hour rides. Stop, dogs. Listen to the two of you. Yeah, now I got peanut butter and her COVID, one of her COVID puppies I kept. So uh, they sit here. <laughs> they found you. you know, yeah, squirt, squirt. She just can't help it, man. She's got to be all over peanut butter, man. Right, squirt, you just can't help it. You love her. But yeah, so like I said, man, I can't really complain because, you know, if I'm not rock climbing, uh, you know, I have people coming down to ride dirt bikes. And if I'm not rock climbing and I'm not riding the dirt bikes for money, then I go out by myself, you know, I go out and I track things. You know, I just go out and check out different areas. So, I mean, really, man, I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of the life that everybody wants to live. I'm just doing it, you know? Oh, no, totally. How how often do you come back up into the States these days? Uh, I was coming up less and less before COVID because I just didn't want to leave. And then COVID came in, and this past summer, I actually went back for the whole summer, and I was guiding in New York State. I got back there, man. I had only been walking, like, without a cane and without, without crutches for, like, two weeks. And I went back there and started guiding. And I started, Yikes. you know, taking people out rock climbing. Oh, my God. I couldn't even use really use my right leg. Like, I had to figure out how to climb with my right knee the way it was. So I had to retrain my feet and my legs to get me up these climbs uh, with the people not noticing, you know, right. without, without drawing attention <laughs> to myself. Because my I go my to step up. My guide is clearly injured. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, dude, we're paying you for what? Yeah. But, yeah, I'd go up there and I'd put my foot down. 
and I put my right foot in, I toe in, or I do this, I do that something, and I try to put pressure on. I'm like, yeah, that's not going to work just yet. <laughs> so then I have to change my feet and go up a different direction. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, that's yeah like I said, I got through it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get home at night. I look at my girlfriend. She goes, how'd your day go? I'm like, oh, yeah, it's pretty interesting. It was, <laughs> you know, moving slow. The people are looking at me like, did this dude even rock climb? And I'm looking at them thinking to myself, oh, yeah, but just <laughs> not right now. Yeah, yeah it's just, you know. Where are I some of the places though. that you guide in New York? No, the gunks. Yeah, I could work every day there. If I wanted to work seven days a week, I could. There's so many rock climbers coming out of New York City that I could work in, you know, as much as I want. This year I pulled back and I was working four days a week because uh, I uh, needed to rest my knee in between climbing. So you're carrying a really heavy pack too because it's trad climbing. So I'm carrying a substantial pack on my back. So between the pack, the climbing, and the walking out, uh, four days a week was perfect. Yeah, it was. And they legalized weed in New York. So, I, you know, they could have 10 plants legally for, per family, per household, 10 plants. I mean, wow. does anybody know? Yeah does, yeah. does anybody really do the mathematics on that? 10 plants. So what if I have 10 plants that are five feet tall and five feet wide? That's a lot of pot. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> Holy shit, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. So I did a lot of gardening this year, too. That was a fantastic year. <laughs> yeah. I was like, whoa, 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 what? I'm like 10 plants per household. So I actually, I actually grew 11 because you know, the way I am, I always just, I have, for some reason I have to break the law. So I actually <laughs> planted 11. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, if they're going to give me 10, I'm going to plant 11. So yeah, like I said, it was, it was, you know, like I can't complain being back in New York, but this year I hope to hang out down here uh, at least through June, maybe into July because the weather's the same every day, you know, it's 75 degrees every day or it never changes. Wow. So, I mean, at night it gets cold, but every day it goes up to 75 and it stays right there, you know? God, yesterday yeah. it was negative 22 real feel here oh. in Iowa. Oh. Oh. Yeah, dude. Dude, that's disgusting. Like, like oh actual temp was like negative six. And then with the wind chill, it was like actual feel negative 22. Like, oh, my God. You want to hear something even something? crazier? There was some fucking guy... It was going through I-380 that goes through Cedar Rapids that apparently yeah. he was driving north in a southbound lane and caused a whole bunch of cars to wreck. And then I think he eventually wrecked and then he jumped out of his car, stripped down completely naked and then just started running around. Keep in mind, Whoa. negative 22 real feel like there was. Mm -hmm. AccuWeather was giving uh, give me a alert on my phone saying, you know, skin exposure needs to be limited to 30 minutes or less, so you're looking at frostbite. Then this guy's running yeah. around naked, like what, like Dude. diving in snowbanks and shit. What the fuck, man? Yeah, man. Dude, it's screaming out methamphetamines, man. It's screaming <laughs> That's the same out. Thing I, thought. Yeah, I, was like, I was like, how exactly. much meth was that motherfucker? <laughs> yup, exactly. Yup, just take a good long look at his front teeth, and it'll tell you. Yeah, if he has them. Exactly. Yeah, no hey. shit. Yeah, they 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 totally rotted out, right? <laughs> exactly, man. It's crazy. It really is. Now, like I said, I I, I can't understand people. If, like like somebody tells you, hey, if you go in that room over there, you're gonna die. Sure, shit, I ain't getting online for that room. You know, I'm going yeah. the opposite direction. So when somebody tells you you're gonna do methamphetamines and it's gonna kill you, I mean, come on now. 
You know, I mean, holy crap, people can drink some beers and people can smoke some weed, but you start getting into the heavier stuff and it's definitely going to wreck your life. If your oh, life yeah. isn't already shit, if your life isn't totally shit, it's going to get worse. <laughs> you know, oh, that's dude, what I tell people. Dare worked on me on like all of like the heavy substances. Like when I was yeah. in high school, like I was yeah. like, I had no motivation to try anything. You have to fucking snort, inject anything like that yeah. and i was actually really freaked yeah. out about the thought of acid until i actually saw a few people do it and then i was like okay <laughs> that's that's wildly overblown it, until yeah, one day exactly. i got way too cocky with mushrooms and, and went way too far yeah, down the rabbit hole and then i put all exactly. of that stuff down and i was like nope yeah <laughs> yeah like, exactly that was that's what it is man terrifying yeah. slash enlightening experience of my life and i don't want to go back for seconds <laughs> exactly that's what i say too man yeah the mushrooms everybody's eating them and then somebody's like yeah i don't want to eat this cap and you know here i'll take it and eat it and somebody else is like yeah i've had enough i don't want to eat this the stem and you're like yeah i'll eat that the next thing you know you're in la la land and all of a sudden everything goes cartoon world and you're crawling around on your hands and knees because the whole everything went to cartoon that's when you know that's when you know you've had enough it was it's time to take a break i I mean it was probably a good like nine ten gram dose and like I did like three shots of, of black velvet and like three oh. chaser beers with it. Oh my God. And it was like, yep, oh. you get what you get. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I, yeah. I, I, I deserved that. <laughs> that was almost 20. Um, was so oh dude, this, this April 29th will be the 20 year anniversary of that or April yeah. 27th. Cause it was exactly a week yeah. after 420. I, I, I thought I was yeah, going to die. <laughs> I, thought, oh my I, thought, God. I thought i thought that i i went too far down the rabbit hole and i was going to die and then like four hours yeah, later man. when i was somewhat back to normal i felt very silly that i'd been running around in my underwear oh, talking about how we need to get oh, our man. still suits on and go to the desert because i was obsessed with yep, dune exactly <laughs> oh man i just i actually just read that book what an amazing book man Holy oh you never read it what before just amazing no i've seen the movie when i was a kid but that was like, you know, back way the hell back when. Mm-hmm. And then I uh, just, you know, picked up the book, which was written in like 65. And I uh, read it and I couldn't have been more impressed with the futuristic stuff that they were talking about. Oh, yeah. You know, dude. the guy who wrote it did such, such good read, such a good read. Yeah. No, like I said, I mean, I'm it's just so impressive. But yeah, now, like I said, we were doing mushrooms down at the Jersey Shore and uh, my buddy ate too much. And we're all hanging out laughing and giggling, having a good time around this kitchen table. And then my buddy stands up and he starts screaming at the top of his lungs that he can't see. He can't see. And then he drops to the ground, crawls around the outside edge of the room, hits the screen door and crawls outside. The screen door closes. My buddy looks at me. He's like, man, if he can't see, how the hell did he find that screen door? And then we just started laughing again. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. And then he told us that he was sitting there looking at us and everybody went to cartoon land. Like it went from people sitting there to everybody's a cartoon. And that's when he jumped up and started screaming. You couldn't see. Yeah. And that was at the point where I was like, yeah, I've had enough of these things too. I said, that was a little too weird. Yeah, but he's like, he can't see. How do you find that screen door? And I'm like, yeah, that's a really good question. That's a really good question. Then he crawled outside, and I don't know where the hell he went. We just hung inside until he figured his stuff out. Until we pulled it together, we just hung it out inside. But yeah, no, like I said, 
it's pretty crazy. People here, I had people in the other night, like I said, the women's clinic and uh, two women were talking about peyote and I'm just shaking my head. And I'm shaking my head. I'm like, have either one of you ever done that? It's like chewing on sand. You know, it's like chewing on gnarly cactus sand and you got to eat so much. And people are like, oh, yeah, you have to throw up. I'm like, yeah, because you have to eat so much and it tastes so goddamn bad. Well, let's go out and eat some horse shit and see how much horse shit you eat before you puke. You know what I mean? It's the same idea. They're like, oh, the Indians this, the Indians that, whatever. I don't know if that's lore or what, but I'm telling you, that stuff tastes like shit. I'm not going there anymore. Ugh, goddamn oh. gross. Well, yeah, that's like man. people talk about doing it. those ayahuasca retreats. And it's like, I don't know. Yeah. And they're like, well, it can go either one of two ways. You're either going to be, you know, puking your guts out into a bucket or you're going to be shitting your guts out into a bucket. And I'm like, neither of those right. sound fun. And I got to go. Exactly. I got to go to Central America yeah. and hang out in the in the jungle with a shaman to do that. No, I'll pass. Exactly. <laughs> pass. No, no, <laughs> no, Exactly. Yeah, and then a buddy of mine, he was telling me, oh, man, you got to pressure cook it. And then you, uh, with the pressure cooker, it, like, you know, breaks it all down. And then the juice at the bottom, the pressure cooker, you want to drink that. And I'm like, how much? Who's going to be the guinea pig? I'm like, I'm not going to be the goddamn guinea pig. Like I said, <laughs> I've already been out there. You know, I've done enough mushrooms to where I thought I was dead. I was laying in this, like, 1970s uh, motorhome, and it had this, like, like all the curtains in the motorhome were like these 1970s bullshit. And I swear to God, I thought I was laying in a coffin because it looked just like a coffin when you looked at the wall. And that was it, man. I took like a good three-year break on mushrooms from that one. Yeah. And it was weird, man. Like one person told me that wasn't there, that I died of a motorcycle crash. And then another person who was there told me I died of a different way. So all these people were telling me how I died. And they sure as shit weren't up in New York State with me. They were somewhere else. So I was like, yeah, that was a little weird. Like you said, I went too far down the rabbit hole. And that's when I decided I would take a break on that. The whole laying in a coffin thing convinced me that I needed to ease up on the mushrooms. But yeah. No, that's crazy, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. You crazy. get too cocky with psychedelics. They'll put you in your place really, really fast. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> man, I, oh, man. I went to high school with a kid that used to do acid every day in high school. Oh, and I was every like, man, day? Yeah, every day in school. And I looked at him. I'm like, man, how do you think this is going to work out for you? How do you think this is going to – you know, how, how do you, is this still going to be a happy ending that I saw him years ago? And uh, we were like, you know, 10 years, 15 years out of high school, whatever it was, 10 years out of high school. And I saw him somewhere randomly. And the guy was a red hot mess. He was totally out there, totally lost. And I'm like, yeah, all that acid. That yeah, did you well. Sense. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah. in school, too, it's like, dude, like your brains are still developing until you're like fucking 25 or something like that. Yeah, so like when I think exactly. about like all the psycho not journeys that I took, I was like, yep, yeah. brain, brain was still exactly. forming. But also, like, exactly. when, when I look at, like, my personality on, like, a timeline, the way I was before psychedelics and the way I was after psychedelics made me a better person. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going <laughs> to yeah. lie, yeah. dude. It, it, it put my yeah. ego in check. It, it, made, me, yeah. it made me realize that, that I was engaging in way too much, like, you yeah. know, narcissistic, look-at-me type behaviors. Yeah. And, and now the, the thought of doing that, the thought of, like acting like that like makes me feel physically panicky where i'm just like oh yeah. no 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 that's why like the best yeah. part of this pandemic was i can just fucking cover up 90 percent of my face when i go out in public and that's fine 
Yeah. Like this That's is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Think about how this relaxing is, this it is, is for women. Dream. Right? <laughs> yeah. Cause women like in New York city, I was in New York city a lifetime ago and this guy cat called a girl and I was walking behind her and what he said to her was so, so uncalled for that. I stopped and I turned around. And I said, man, do you have a mother? I said, do you have a sister? I said, what you just said? I mean, who the, what, who the hell raised you animals? And I just was so appalled. And the girl didn't even know. She just kept on walking or maybe she didn't want to get involved with it. And I was thinking, man, that is horrendous. I would never say something like that to a girl. But now with the face mask on, you know, you might as well have a burka. <laughs> you know, I might as well slap a burka on. I'll take a burka at this point. But yeah, yeah, could calm down my wardrobe. I wonder if I can climb with a burka. Probably not. But yeah, <laughs> now I get you. <laughs> You know, oh, yeah, dude, no, some dudes are that. just savages and will say the most fucked up shit to women. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I, like I, I said, New York City. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully they get didn't dot date now. I mean, this sounds awful, but hopefully they didn't get the vaccination and that that whole crew will get knocked down a little bit because, yeah, I mean, who the hell raised you, man? Wolves? Like, what the hell are you talking to women like that for? And then, like, has that ever worked in the history of life? Has any woman turned around and said, oh, yeah, let's go get together? I doubt it, you know? I don't so, know. Yeah, I've heard no, those like same so. guys say shit along the lines of, you know, it works one out of ten times, <laughs> and, and when it when it does oh work, God. it's magical. And I'm like, ah, oh, I don't know, dude. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I don't exactly. Agree, I don't agree with your tactics because exactly. You, you know, you've just, uh, I don't know. You have to go out and harass people to do that, and it's yeah. like, how does that exactly? Not, how how does that I mean, not yeah. trigger something in your brain that makes you feel bad? <laughs> yep. So condoms are like 99 percent effective. So if you have sex a hundred times, you're going to get a girl pregnant. So like with those odds, you know what I mean? I mean, that's why I said, why even go there? You know, I mean, just, you know, how about this online dating? Then they'll find out you're a total douchebag after like the third date. At least you get to talk <laughs> to somebody normally or maybe the second date, you know, try that. God damn. Hopefully the chick's a total maniac. She cuts you up and stuffs you underneath the floorboards. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, best case scenario, <laughs> exactly. Best case scenario, she's a bigger savage than you are, and she dismembers your ass and eats half of you before they find out. <laughs> yep, the idea. Oh, this guy was a douchebag anyway. Whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Black Widow treatment. <laughs> exactly. The praying hey, mantis man. treatment. <laughs> exactly. What goes around comes around, man. Exactly. Yeah. No, it's crazy. It's crazy. But you know, like I said, even down here. Like I go out and, you know, go to the market here in town and I talk to people and like culturally, it's so culturally different here that uh, they're Otomi nativos or Otomi Indians. So they have their own culture around this area and the people who come to town uh, on Sunday, which is the big day, just like in the 40s and 30s in the United States, the farmers come to town with their families and that's their big day in town. Everybody dresses up nice. And it's amazing just talking to people about uh, their culture and such. Like, it's just completely different. Nobody would ever consider saying something awful to another person because it would get back to their family within minutes. And then, you know, how are you going to deal with that? <laughs> you know, how are you going to deal with your family when they say, did you really say that? And then that's going to be the end of it. So, yeah, it's pretty interesting around here. Culturally, I like the uh, I, I just like, you know, I like the farming and I like the culture. It's just, you know, to talk to people, it's really, you know, it's really quite interesting how they're trying to, the Otomies are trying to save their uh, cultural heritage. They're trying not, you know, to be in 2022, but not exactly give up everything that they had in the past. And I, I commend them for that. 
because it's not so easy. No, it's absolutely. So easy and, and it sounds like, yeah. you know, what they're holding on to is worth holding on to also because it's like, and maybe it only works when you can have a smaller community like that because it seems like, you know, a lot of the problems, like especially with like the way people behave on the internet or in larger cities like that, yeah. is that the right. the comfort and and the feeling of safety within an uh, anim- anonymity. There you go. I was yeah. like, I'm really struggling yeah. with that word. Right now. <laughs> yeah, no, I got gotcha. you. You know, it's like yeah. that, there's that that comfort in in that in that you know I'm a, I'm yeah. just an anonymous person. You know, I, I can yeah. I can shout this this gross thing at this lady or 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 yeah. say this yeah. like really insulting trollish thing online because there yeah. there isn't that follow up shame from the people who are exactly. important in your life to be like, why would you do that? Don't act exactly. like that. Don't behave uh-huh. like that. Shame on you. Yeah. And then exactly. you know, assuming yeah. you're it's not, not a fucking sociopath, you have some level of empathy yeah. that will kick in and be like, OK, yeah, that. Yeah. I was being a real dick right. there. I shouldn't have done that. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe I should go apologize to that person because it really wasn't called for. Yeah. No, I get you. Yeah. And that's what it is here. When I talk to uh, like there are people here, they're uh, sheep herdsmen, right? So there's no barbed wire here. And that's why it's so good for dirt bike riding. So you oh, go perfect. miles and miles and miles and there's nothing stopping you. There's no, no nothing. You know, there's nothing delineating property lines because it's all a heedle. It's a farmer's union. So nobody has paperwork for the land, but they all own the land so they can farm it. And when they stop farming it, then somebody else can pick up where they left off if they're not around anymore. So like for here, they're, uh, you know, the culture here is such that, uh, like you said, everybody knows everybody, you know, and the farmers, it's just it's that their, their biggest fear is when their kids all of a sudden get onto a computer and they see what it looks like in the United States. And then they decide that they want to leave the community because they want to go somewhere that has more. That's what the gentleman told me. He's so sad because two of his sons went away because they went to the city because they wanted something different because they saw what the United States looked like. And it's funny because uh, in the United States, all that stuff is just fabricated. You know, you're watching a movie. That's a movie, man. You know, like, uh, was it Miami? What the hell was that in the 80s, man? That show that was in Miami. Where the guy, uh, yeah, Miami Vice. Like that was the start of people wanting to go get more because of the gross uh, amounts of money that was being thrown around. And then it was that show that was in... uh, Hollywood, you know, uh, uh, what the hell was it? It was a zip code there, you know, whatever the hell TV oh, Beverly show that Hills, was. 90210. Exactly. And that's where, again, it happened again because all of a sudden young kids see young people and they're all living this lavish lifestyle. Yeah. You know, that really isn't, except for both coasts, that's really not the reality of what the United States is. And when this gentleman says that he sees his kids go away, he goes, yeah, what we have here is fantastic, but it's just not enough for them. And that's where all of a sudden you start losing the culture, you know, that's where you start losing it. So hopefully that makes sense, you know, and social media yeah. adds into that too, that, that yeah. people put in this, you know, edited version of their life that they're putting up for everybody oh, totally. to see. And, oh, and then when God. people start yeah. comparing themselves, especially you start comparing like material things with other people, it's, it's a black hole, yeah. you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's something that's never, it's it's something that's it, it, it's it's an itch that's never going to be scratched because because that's you're right. not you're not just enjoying your life it's like you're living 
through this social media account and trying to get clout and, and comparing yeah. to other people and like, oh, well, yeah, they, they have a 70 inch TV. I need to have a 75 inch TV now. That's right. It's like, well, yeah. the one you That's have right, worked right? just fine. <laughs> Now, like Isn't what you were saying earlier, saying, trying yeah. to live below your means, the older I get, the yeah. more I 100% agree with that. And like, I agonize over spending money. Like if, if something costs over yeah. 20 bucks now, like I'll him haw yeah. over that for a long time before I'll actually pull the trigger and spend money on it. Yeah. No more impulse buys, right? The bottom line is if you want something, you see you want it, go home, think about it for a day, think about it for two days. And if you still want it, yeah, go back and treat yourself. But just don't grab something and, and buy it and then go home with it because you'll find out that you really didn't need it. I mean, there's there's a saying about it that people are buying stuff they don't need uh, to impress people they don't even like. You <laughs> yeah, know, and yeah. it's like so interesting. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting. And like I said, that's I just, you know, I was just had lunch today with two businessmen here in town and they, uh, started asking me questions because everybody thinks about going to the United States and they're like, man, all you think about is being here. They're like, how? And I'm like, well, I live in pesos and I get paid in dollars. So I said, why wouldn't I want to be here? You know, I spend 75 bucks a month in food. I spend $75 a week, you know, in the United States minimum. You know, if my girlfriend's going shopping with me, forget about it. I run away with the carriage. I'd let her carry all the stuff. She can only carry so much stuff. And that's how I keep the freaking the dollar amount down. We go shopping together. You know, she can only fill up her arms. So I'm gone with that carriage. Because if I hang out, she'll just put one of everything in there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think our grocery you know? bill, I mean, granted, there's four of us here, is usually like in excess of $200 a week. Dude, that's exactly why the, the United States is so fucked up because in the, uh, the equation that they have for inflation and everything else, they take out food and they take out fuel. Well, how the hell can you take out the two biggest bills in your life and consider that number even accurate? Yeah, no shit. You know, those are the two biggest things that people do. When I was a little kid and like I said, I'm not a hundred years old and this is not, I did not walk up, up, up a hill both ways to school. But when I was a little <laughs> kid, I remember being in the carriage and I remember my mom packing the whole carriage until I had to get out so she could put more stuff in there and the carriage would be overflowing. And my mom had mentioned that at a family get together not so long ago that it was like, you know, 45 bucks for that whole carriage, you know, and that was it. So something happened between then and now to where you're spending 75 bucks and you can almost carry the stuff out in bags, you know, to your car, you know, and that's kind of weird. And that's why, you know, that's why people are so upset because they, you know, the first thing, you know, that we should have is healthcare. And the second thing that we should have is healthy food on the table. That's why McDonald's does so well. Are you going to buy a pair for $1.50 or are you going to go buy a, a happy meal that you could feed that shit to your kids for a dollar fifty, but they're full. Yep, they're full, and and they came up with some way through chemistry to make it taste delicious and yeah. not really be worth a shit nutritionally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like you the, said, the if I eat part, anything, yeah. The, the creepy part with yeah. McDonald's is that where it's like we bought this this cheeseburger happy meal and it's been sitting here under glass for 20 years now and it still looks exactly the same as when it was bought not even bugs are yeah. eating this and it's like wow yeah that's yeah. gnarly if you man. grabbed a twinkie yeah if you grabbed a twinkie and you had it in your hand and you ran out into the woods and you dropped dead you would be dust 
and that Twinkie would still be laying there in the dirt. It's <laughs> just a little golden brick. <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly. You would be totally decomposed and down to nothing but a rack of bones, and that Twinkie would still be there in your little claw of a hand. Yeah. You imagine yeah. some some, some archaeologists like 10,000 years from now brushing that exactly. off. <laughs> and eating it, eating the fucking thing too, because it's still good. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, it's crazy, man. It's just so funny. Like I said, I mean, I uh, I try to live in reality with the fact of the things that I do want to eat and the things I don't want to eat and what I, you know, the things I want to do. And, you know, that keeps me grounded because if I can live below my means and, you know, I can actually like go out and buy things that I want when I want them. But it seems more and more besides my dirt bike. Uh, I don't really need a lot of things. You know, I got everything. And my dirt bike isn't even new. I refuse to buy a brand new dirt bike. I can, but I don't want to. Because why am I going to go buy something that's brand new? It's just like a car and you roll it out of there and all of a sudden it's worth a lot less. Why not go buy a dirt bike that's used for a decent price and have the same amount of fun? You know, what am I going to go get a Porsche for? I'd never drive that thing as fast as it can be driven. Why would I want to go, you know, put, you know, like a, a road bikes. Friends of mine used to say with the tires on that road bike, those, tire, those tires are better than you are a rider. So no matter how hard you push them, those tires will do more. So like I said, I don't need all that fancy crap because I can do just fine with what I got. You know, and that's the moral of the story, you know, for everybody. Just do just do good with what you have. Oh, I was trying to explain that to my kids the other day because I was telling them that, you know, if I were to win the lottery, you know, it's fun to have conversations of like, you know, like, oh, you buy this or this or this. But like, realistically, it's like, no, I would I would I think the biggest amount of money I would spend would be building a house on a piece of land, you know, somewhere that w yeah. with like rock on it and enough land that I could build hiking trails and stuff on it. Exactly. And but yeah, like be, it wouldn't be, safe, be, it wouldn't be a zombies. mansion and it wouldn't be like yeah. a garage that could hold like 10 Lamborghinis in it or shit. And exactly. I remember my, my yeah. 11 year old being like, you wouldn't get a Lambo. And I'm like, no, <laughs> exactly. like, I would get a practical a, vehicle. Yeah. Like for Iowa, yeah. I would probably get like a nice Jeep Wrangler or something like exactly. that. You know, that would fit yeah. all four of us in it. You know, because yeah. when we uh, earlier this year, we took a trip to Colorado and uh, because of COVID, nice. uh, Lindsay was able to actually get a really, really or no, it wasn't COVID related. It just worked out that they were in between trails, but she had rented like one of those like four, four seater ATV things for us. Yeah. And then sure, apparently sure, the sure. trail that this company was using, they didn't have access to it. And so they gave us a Jeep for like the same price. And so, huh. yeah. And, and so then they gave us, yeah, like you were talking about that, that GPS thing earlier. Well, yeah. that Jeep, when we rented that, they gave us this iPad in it. And so it had like, it was like backcountry, something like that on it. Yeah. Where it showed all the Jeep trails yeah. and stuff. And they're like, basically anywhere it's green on here, you're good to go. Anywhere where it's red, those are places where we've had to go out and tow people out. And if we have to come out exactly. and tell you, it's an extra yeah. $200 charge. So don't go where it's And red. if you bust this thing up, you're buying it. Yeah, exactly. Whatever yeah. you break, you bought. <laughs> you know, yeah, you just stick with the green. You go nice and slow and it's entertaining. You know, yeah. like I said, it's fun. But then after yeah, that, no, I was I like, I was like, I want a fucking Jeep. Because if it can go through these fucking mountain trails like this, it'll get around just fucking fine on anything in Iowa. But then exactly. I looked up how much That's a right. Jeep Woody was, or a Jeep a Jeep Wrangler Woody was. And I was like, Nope. <laughs> yep. Exactly. It's very expensive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I tell people, man, when you buy something like that, 
that new smell wears out pretty fast, but the payments keep on coming. Yep. Oh, for real? Those payments for that? Yeah, though, you got two kids, man. You got to, you know, like I said, if you were, if I was, you know, if you were to win the lottery, first thing, go right down to the bank and invest money in their education. So that way when they get to college, they don't have to be, you know, they don't have to be sweating it, you know? And then second from there, like you said, go and, you know, build a house somewhere, a nice piece of land that when the zombies come walking, you're safe. That's it. You know, what else are you going to (laughs) do? You know, I I thought we were there, man. Uh, With the COVID, I thought the zombies were coming walking with the COVID for sure. You know, we're not too far off. We're, we're two variants off, you know? Yeah, Uh, we're two variations off. If there were a a zombie apocalypse, there would be a significant portion of the populace that would be like just walking right into them and be like, it's my freedom. It's my freedom to go out here and get (laughs) bit by them. And it's like, okay, bye. (laughs) Exactly. No, it's the truth, man. I actually was talking to some people not so long ago, and uh, one girl said if the zombies came walking, she would just lay down and take it. And I'm like, you wouldn't try to survive? She's like, why would I want to live in a society that doesn't have all these, all these, uh, you know, things, you know, all this easy things to live with, you know, food in the stores, this, that, and the other thing. She's like, I just lay down and take it. Then I looked at her girlfriend. I'm like, would you lay down and take it too? She's like, hell no. She's like, I'd fight to the end. I'm like, oh, thank God somebody here's got, got some fort, you know, fortitude here. I'm like, geez, lay down and take it. No way, man. But yeah, no, Zombie it's pretty apocalypse is easy. <laughs> it's like there's easy oh, yeah. rules with that <laughs> exactly it's, it's like get on a boat <laughs> exactly oh Zombies yeah no shit right? get on a boat go somewhere <laughs> you know, where it's really boat, fucking man. cold all the time yeah exactly just <laughs> freeze man exactly figure it out man go to an island man just whack them one by one like i said i watched the walking dead on tv and i'm like why don't you guys go get a, a d8 put a big blade on the front of it and just run the fuckers over i mean <laughs> done man get a bull, big bulldozer there's some huge bulldozers out there man they're not going to climb up that thing because the tracks are moving but yeah i guess that would that would ruin the show though <laughs> you know i mean that's what i would do man a big big old tank of diesel fuel and start crunching them but yeah no <laughs> like reasons, i said right <laughs> exactly Exactly. Yeah. For plot reasons, they can't go with the D8, you know, with the big old, the big old shovel, the steam shovel. But yeah, no, it's crazy. But uh, yeah. So like I said, man, I mean, the world keeps getting crazier and I just keep on, you know, thinking that, you know, I want to, I want to know less and less people, you know, that's the bottom line. That's just totally nutty. (laughs) You know, could you imagine on January 6th, could you imagine if they had gotten, uh, gotten Pence and they actually hung that fuck? Could you imagine what that would have looked for like for the whole Republican Party if they took the vice president that did everything that that dude wanted for four years, totally shut his trap, and then these dudes on January 6th grab and then hang him? That would be some that, – that would be really freaking no, – that would be some – that would just be crazy, man. Maybe next time. Like I said, they got another chance. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I can't believe it's been a year. And like, you know, yeah. a lot of, you know, there's been a lot of charges handed down on a lot of people that were directly involved with it, but – I don't know. It just Shit. seems like there's still so much more involved with it. Shit. And the fact that they were trying to get, oh you know, that panel put together to to investigate it. And then so many yeah. Republicans are just like, fucking hard stop. Absolutely not. You are not looking into this. And it's like, why? Oh, my wow. So what do you crazy. guys got to hide there? Yeah. Huh? So, you're, so you're telling me, yeah, you're telling me if Bernie's followers came down there and did that, you wouldn't be hanging them out front. They wouldn't be dangling <laughs> there. You wouldn't put their head on spikes. Come on now. If well, Bernie's people came down with Ben and Jerry's ice cream, you'd be sitting there slapping them around. You'd probably rape them in prison. <laughs> but because it's Donnie's guys, everything's okay. Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense, man. Well, that's the same yeah, way when you crazy. look at like all the wild ass shit that Trump did when he was in office. Yeah. Can you imagine if uh, Hillary would have won 
and it would have been yeah, her doing China. all that stuff in office. A quarter of that. They'd have been frothing at the fucking mouth, just yeah, absolutely we would have had a revolution. losing their fucking minds over that they stuff. They would have had a revolution. And, yeah, they would have grabbed their guns and started shooting. Yeah, the, I don't know, the, yeah. the hypocrisy, and it's on both sides, too, and the hypocrisy yeah, is totally. really, really yeah. fucking gross. And, and yeah, I think that's exactly. what it comes down to, just having these two main parties, is that... That's right, you need it, a third party. Well, yeah. yeah, maybe even more than three, but to, to just have yeah. it so that it's people that, nope, I've just got a team, and, 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 and you know, right. we the need to do giant. this, and, and we need to do that. It's <laughs> yep. like, we... Exactly. I I I had a woman here. Yeah. A woman at the clinic said the same thing. She's like, did I want to vote for Biden? She's like, not really, but I definitely wouldn't vote for Donald. Yeah. She said, I voted for Biden, not because I necessarily wanted him as president, but I definitely did not want Don in there. And that's very dangerous. You know what I mean? That, that, that's that type of situation that's really volatile because, you know, 2024 douchebag could be back here. You know, that crazy nut who said that windmills cause cancer and I can go on and on all the crazy shit that he said that makes no, absolutely no sense. He could get voted back in, you know, just because it was so, you know, it was so close. Forty eight percent, 48 percent. He's going to be, gonna be like close to fucking 90 or in his 90s by then. Yeah. He? I mean, I can't see him living that long, eating the McDonald's and taking such crappy care of himself. I just can't see that. I mean, if even if it is alive, he's gonna wanna he's he's gonna disappear somewhere. He's gonna glom all the money. He's gonna grift all graft all the money that he can off of people, saying he's gonna run. Then he's just gonna disappear because there's no there's there's no getting that money back once people give it to him. No, that, so, that's I mean, my like guess said, too. He's grifting. Yeah, he's just grifting. You know, he's he didn't he didn't want to win the first time. He never thought he was going to win. That's why they had no transition government. You know, they had no transition. People got coming in and leaving, and they were going to put all these. You know, tr- you know, that's what they do between administrations. Everybody helps everybody else take over, and he didn't have any of those people in place, and because he never thought he was going to win, he just thought he was going to build his brand. Yeah, little did he know. Yeah, that's crazy. But you know, who knows? Like I said, all I can say is that you know. Like I said, Democrats, Republicans, they all have their problems, but don't put a fucking nutbag in there. You know no, what I mean? Don't put a fucking I'm just not in, in and... Yeah, I don't, I don't really like the idea of like, you know, it's the same thing as Hitler. When you start lying all the time and then people start believing your lies, then where are we as a society? You know, I mean, that's what Hitler did, right? He just kept putting out propaganda, propaganda, propaganda. Then he started blaming the Jews. And next thing you know, they're freaking cooking them in the ovens, you know? I mean, that's just the way things happen because you can lie and people listen to you. And that's why there's got to be some, some, you know, you got to have some type of, uh, you know, you have to, you know, you have to have something in your body, something in your brain that, you know, dignity, you know, you just can't keep lying. It's just not fair. You know, lying to everybody is just not the type of person I'd want to have around me. That's for sure. Oh, you yeah, know? dude. No, it's just not well. I don't, yeah. know. And the, I don't know the people in that place that just absolutely believe everything that's told to them and stuff. It's, it's wild. And the weird shit that got politicized. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, I exactly. Mean, and that's all education, right? Because the bottom line is if we were going to, if we were going to prop anything up, wouldn't it be the school systems? Because if we like after world war two, yeah, world war two ended and we were number one in the world for education. And now we're like 35 and we're dropping. So there's 35 other countries that have better education than we do. So where are we headed with that? <laughs> you know what I mean? So nobody wants to work hard and nobody's getting a good education. Well, if we were, if, if Canada was any more angry, they'd probably invade our ass. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's the 
bottom line. You know what I mean? It's just crazy, but it's true. If, if Canada wanted to, you know, if Canada had any balls, they'd just come on down here, kick our ass, and that would be the end of it. Because, I mean, who the hell is going to fight? Absolutely nobody in Texas. You know, nobody in Texas, they got nothing going on there, man. Those people are hurting. They got guns, but they can't run 10 feet without being out of breath. So, I mean, it's just a pretty tough situation. <laughs> you know, if worse came to worse, they'd lay down and take it, you know? Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Oh, yeah. No Texas is a it. fucking mess right now. With the, well, a no, lot of Texas those, like, you know, like kind of conservative strongholds yeah. down there that were like very much yeah. in the, nope, we don't need to have any restrictions up for COVID. Everything's going to be fine. It's like, it doesn't look fine. Yeah, Florida does not look fine. Exactly. Texas doesn't look fine. And, you know, the bottom line is, is if you refuse to get your vaccination, that's cool, man. Don't get the vaccination. But if you get sick, don't be showing up at the hospital, motherfucker. Do not go to the hospital because you chose not to take the vaccination. So now you can choose to sit your ass at home yeah, you've and already... die with some type of dignity. Exactly. You've <laughs> already actively chosen to turn your back on modern science yep. in modern you know, <laughs> exactly. medicine yeah. and be like, Oh no, yeah. no. You know, the one that really blows my mind are all this, the soldiers in the armed forces that are making a big deal about it. And it's like, yeah. how many fucking vaccines and shit do you guys have to get before you go on an overseas deployment? But That's now right. this and one you know right here those? is the one that exactly. you're freaking the fuck out about. Exactly. You go in line and you get like 20, 30 vaccinations before you go to another country. But now they're freaking out about this one. You know, and besides the fact, I mean, let's think about it realistically. We were just in like Afghanistan for how many years? 19 years or something like that. We were in Afghanistan, Iraq. We pull out and we gained absolutely nothing in like less than a day. The, the old the old guard, the old people that were there, those people that were causing so much trouble, less than a day were back in power. So, I mean, like I said, I mean, you'd have to be kind of crazy. I would go into the military if I was going to be A, not in a war. And B, they were going to pay for my education. It was going to be worthwhile. Otherwise, forget it. Well, you know, but then again, I don't live in Kentucky. You know, if I lived in Kentucky, that would be a good way to get out. But otherwise, and no way, no. Then you're just cannon fodder, man. They pay a minimum wage to get shot at. Hell no. <laughs> if I'm going to get paid minimum wage just to get shot at, I'll go down to the ghetto and work for Kmart or Walmart. You know what I mean? I'll go down to the ghetto and work for Walmart. Then if bullets are flying, at least I can run in the back room or something. <laughs> no, it's crazy. Yeah, oh, I just don't yeah. understand it. You know, no, I just don't no. understand it. You know, kudos to yeah. all the, the brave men and women in our armed forces that, yeah. you know, are, yeah. are willing to put themselves in, in danger for, you know, to protect us. Because, I don't know, I did a lot yeah. of soul searching when I was younger. And I was like, I just would not do well at all in the military. Yeah. Like, my, my go-to yeah. is always, like, question authority is always my first go-to. And, like, exactly. they, they don't like that yeah. sort of thinking. No. You know? No, no. Okay, we no, want you they, to do this. Be like, mm, I don't know. I can think of four other ways to do that better. Like, do we have exactly? Or you're telling me to run there, and then, then I get around that corner, and then everybody's holding a gun, pointing it at me. I don't think that's a really good idea at all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's one thing if if, if people if, if we were invaded in the United States, that would be one thing, you know. But let's look at Vietnam. We now know with all the you know all the historical references that Vietnam was a sham, and then Iraq. Now we know, after all these years, that Iraq was a sham. There were no chemical weapons. There was none of this stuff. They just wanted to go in there and just wreak havoc and get the fossil fuels. So, I mean, at what point do people start to look at these things and be like, you know, maybe we should sit back and take a better look at what's going on here before we send these kids in to get shot at? And, you know, there's worse things than dying. Sometimes dying's the easy way out, you know? So, yeah, it's really interesting. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. coming back from there with, like, some sort of PTSD 
that are your legs gone your yeah, arms and or, your legs or, gone? or you yeah. know you come back and you're missing limbs or something like that you paid a yeah. huge price for your country yeah. and then to find yeah. out that it was basically just some politicians bullshit war like that's right yeah, uh, exactly it's, it's there was it's a book called the forever terrible. war that's what it was yeah the forever war was a book written of that exact thing just throwing people at this aliens, you know, it's in space, this alien race. And, you know, it's the forever war. It never stopped. They were always fighting it. And then when it came right down to it, you know, the aliens weren't really the bad guys. It was just, they just pinned a tag on them and they just, this, this war that just went on and on and on. And it's just, you know, it's a really interesting book that, you know, kind of parallels the U.S. So, yeah, I don't know, man. Like I said, all I know is if we got invaded, yeah, I'd do what I have to do to make sure that, you know, everybody's safe here. But you're not going to ship me like Muhammad Ali, you know. You're not going to ship me off to some faraway land to shoot somebody, you know. No way in hell. Yeah. Oh, no, for real. Like I said. Yeah, no, that's pretty crazy. I was yep, listening to, exactly. I think it's the newest episode of the Jocko podcast. Do you ever listen to that? Or do you know who Jocko no. Link is? Uh-uh. really really interesting dude he's a former navy seal and he now runs a company that uh goes around training businesses on like leadership and stuff like that huh. um his podcast is called the jocko podcast and it's very very intriguing um my favorite episodes are when he has other former seals on and, and they kind of talk about you know that person's journey into right. into the teams and going through buds and stuff like that and different things that happened on right. deployments it's just fascinating you know listen right. listening to these because it's real because it's real because it's you real I mean? and also i mean that's a reality we know nothing about no because with, with seals it's like these are very very uncommon men you know these are people yes. that that have an ability to make themselves comfortable in situations where normal men will say fuck that and, and yeah. leave and they're like nope i'm gonna sit here and i'm gonna be comfortable <laughs> it's like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like just yeah, totally takes badass. A lot. and yeah and, it takes and they're a lot. fascinating to listen to but in one of the newer ones he was covering this book um and it was about during the vietnam war there was this guy named mcnamara that lowered the the qualifications to come in the army and so basically he sure. had this push to bring in like a hundred thousand extra men to send over to vietnam yeah, McNamara. sure yeah and oh, yeah. they called him McNamara's, they called him mcnamara's morons and there was a whole yeah. bunch of people who were like literally stupid that were yeah. drafted and sent in and so like in a way like when you watch like full metal jacket that's kind of like private pile on that exactly. was kind of like one of McNamara's yep, morons. Right. He was like, because it yeah. made it so people who were dumb could get in, people who were like, there was no way they could meet the physical, yeah. um, you know, the physical qualifications. They couldn't do any of that. And then these yeah. people ended criminals. up. Criminals. Yeah, criminals also. I mean, it is a fascinating yeah. podcast talking about this stuff, but it really yeah. opens your eyes to the fact that these people who are in charge of these wars they don't always have yeah. these soldiers' best interests at heart. You know, they they got their Hell own goals no. that they're trying to meet, whether it's, you know, political or career-oriented yeah. or something yeah. like that. And then in this case, you know, a lot of these young men paid the price, and then people around them in their platoons paid the price. These yeah. McNamara's morons died at three times the rate of the regular servicemen. So they were basically just sent over there yeah. to die. And, like, they couldn't exactly. even do normal shit. Like, like one guy yeah. woke up in the middle of the night to go take a piss and you know wasn't smart enough to remember that hey if you step through here this is the kill zone and he stepped through it and right. was killed by friendly fire crazy you know like, yeah oh, so unfortunate right awful yep, shit exactly. like that but yeah really really yeah, fascinating yeah. stuff in that podcast and 
Yeah, I'm gonna have to listen to it. Yeah, that's interesting stuff. Yeah, good, good. Yeah, excellent. So listen, let me let you go. Only because my girlfriend's now texted me four times trying to figure out what I'm doing. I keep telling her, I keep telling her ten minutes. That was forty minutes ago, and she's in Utah, Utah right now. No worries. So let friend. me let you go. I've, and I've what, had why the don't best we do this, time man? Talking with you, dude. Yeah, I'll get I gotta get you on <laughs> a lot sooner next time. Um. Yeah, exactly. Let's do that. You know, we could, what I'll do is I'll get a hold of you, and when something really crazy here happens, I'll come on like the next week, and I'll tell you how nutty it is because I love Mexico. Because shit goes down, and when it gets really crazy, you just pay two hundred pesos and you're fine. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's it. You're good. Two hundred pesos is always the magic number. All right. Well, thank you very much for coming on, dude. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, Thank you all very much for listening. Until next time, this has been StartCast.